Pain. You know pain. I know pain. We all know pain because that's part of living, right? If we are alive, we know it. And we know it from a variety of things, whether it's because of decisions we've made, other people's decisions, circumstances beyond anybody's control, or even we know pain when we love well. There's this saying in Buddhism that pain is inevitable, suffering is a choice. And to think about that, of even how our culture handles pain, we actually have created an entire section of books, of diets, of coping mechanisms that are supposed to help us through, right? We have gurus, we have podcasts, we have all kinds of things that are supposed to help ease our pain. We're very in tune with, well, I'm in pain. How do I get it? How do I fix it? How do I get out of it right now? Because it's unpleasant. We don't like it. It hurts. And so to think about, right, sometimes those quick fixes, they really don't work. In fact, sometimes they even backfire. Or other times we feel like, okay, making progress, but how often do we ask that question that's related to God, right? Why am I in pain if there is a God? In fact, I even talked about pain and God. Why doesn't God stop the pain back in January? You can find that on the podcast or in the videos. But today, how does, how does God respond to your pain? to our pain in this world. How do we know it? So for today, we're gonna to actually look at Acts, the third chapter, and the timeline in this of like, okay, the, the resurrection has happened, the disciples and the apostles are all very confused as to what's going on, but they're no longer hiding out in locked rooms. They have now started to kind of branch out, go back out into the world, and they are taking this message of Jesus with them. They are starting to travel. They're starting to notice. It, it's a fun book. We've been in it for the last few weeks of looking at all the different stories of Acts and how did those early Christians deal with? Because at this point, right, Jesus is no longer physically present with them. So how do they understand what it means to follow Jesus without him physically there? And so for today, we're looking at a story between of Peter and John, both apostles, right? That difference of apostle and disciple, all apostles are disciples, but not all disciples are apostles. Apostles were those original 12 and then added a couple more. But that sense of how are they handling this sense of pain? Because the thing about it is Jesus responds to everybody's pain. Right? If we actually go into the Gospels with that kind of lens, we begin to see the stories. If we're going, okay, how does Jesus respond to pain? He is constantly on the lookout. He's constantly like surveying. He is noticing people, and he is responding to their pain. And that's very important, especially if we're going with, if Jesus is the incarnation, is God with us? 
then the life, death, and resurrection, the way Jesus engaged in people's pain, responded to people's pain, is how God responds to ours. And so the disciples are carrying that on. They are going, wait a minute, how did Jesus go about? So for today, we are going to start in Acts, the third chapter, verses 1 through 4. Peter and John were going up to the temple at 3 o'clock. In the afternoon, the established prayer time. Meanwhile, a man crippled since birth was being carried in. Every day, people would place him at the temple gate known as the beautiful gate so he could ask for money from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he began to ask for a gift. Peter and John stared at him. Peter said, look at us. All right. So first thing to notice in this, Peter and John go to the temple at 3 o'clock because that's the established prayer time. Peter and John are going about their ordinary, everyday kind of lives. Like they are doing a regular thing, ordinary, routine. And to think about ourselves, we have routines. We have daily routines where we are out, where we are around other people. Maybe we have particular days we go to the grocery store or we have routines to and from work. And it's just a regular kind of day. And this guy is there who is placed there by others. And just the way it sounds, he is placed there every single day. Every single day, people are walking by this guy. Every single day, he is sitting there and he is asking for money because what ails him what he is struggling with has him doing the bare minimum for survival. This man is not thriving. He is only surviving and just barely. And people pass by him every day not noticing him. Not worth their time. They're too busy. And so to think about that in our own ways of going, wait a minute, when I'm out and about, how often am I noticing the people around us? around me who maybe are, are in pain, right? This guy who's sitting here asking for money, who is unable to get up for whatever reason, that he is there and he has pain. Pain from internally, pain of he is not worthy, pain from he doesn't even know what to do next to move from surviving to thriving like he is stuck in this rut and people choose not to notice him they're used to him being there but they're not paying really in it any attention because I mean really he's not one of their friends he's not their family so they don't really care right and Peter and John come along and maybe they've even passed this guy before they prayed they went to the temple but something's different Something's different in Peter and John than probably in previous times, right? Before, they're following Jesus. They're trying to take everything in. They really don't understand who Jesus is. Now they are beginning to understand how Jesus transforms lives. And it's through noticing. It's through paying attention to the people around. It's paying attention to the pain that people are in. Because all of us experience pain in all kinds of ways. And here, Peter and John... Peter and John are trying. Like, they notice the guy. And they notice that he won't look at them. You know, he's doing, you know, he just wants something. He wants the bare minimum. 
Just throw him something. And Peter and John notice him like Jesus noticed people. They notice him in love. They see him in love. They see his worth as a creation of God, as part of creation, as another human being that is struggling in this world. And they say, look at us, because they see him. They see him with eyes of love. Continuing on in verses 5 through 8. So the man gazed at them expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. Then he grasped the man's right hand and raised him up. And once his feet and ankles became strong, jumping up, he began to walk around. He entered the temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. So the guy looks at him. Because that's what they've asked. They've noticed him, and he's like, wait a minute. Okay, they've re- they're paying attention to me. So he looks up, and he thinks, okay, they're going to give me what I need, what he thinks he needs. So often, what we think we need is not what we really need. Because what he thinks he needs is just to keep him at the bare minimum of surviving in this life. And Peter and John are like, no, I'm about to give you something way more powerful than that. I am about to take you from surviving to thriving. I am about to notice not only your pain, but notice how you need to be encouraged and built up. And so Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, right? In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. Then... It's not just good enough that he said it. Then he grasped the man's right hand and helped him get up. That in this moment of encouragement, this moment of we see you in all of your pain and struggle, we see you in all of your frailty, all of the screw-ups, everything that you are, but we see you with the eyes of Jesus, which we're all about seeing each and every one of us in love because all of us, every single one of us at the very basics of human life, all we want is to be loved and belong. And here Peter and John are like, we see you, we notice you, we are aware that you want to love and belong. And so we are going to help you in that. And so they grasp his hands and they help him stand. They help him become part of the community. They help him in that encouragement of saying there is way more than what you've been living. Transformation is possible because that's what Jesus did. So when we're thinking about pain, how does God respond to our pain? It actually comes back to How are we living into responding to others' pain? How are we part of the story? Peter and John take it very seriously that they are trying to live the way of Jesus. And so for ourselves, of going, okay, how serious am I about noticing? Because it's not just about our own pain being realized, but it's about everybody else around us in our ordinary, everyday, routine kind of moments of being able to notice each other. Notice each other in that sense that all of us, 
All of us want to be loved. All of us want to belong. And all of us struggle with it. As he gets up, he is strengthened. His, at once, his feet and ankles become, became strong. Jumping up, he began to walk around. He entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. He is seen as worthy. He is understood as worthy of love and belonging. He has been given a gift because someone noticed. Someone noticed him with the eyes of God. Continuing on in Acts 3, verses 9 through 10. All the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him as the one who used to sit at the temple's beautiful gate, asking for money. They were filled with amazement and surprise at what had happened to him. Okay, so everybody's like, oh yeah, we know that guy. Yeah, we see him here every day. And he has never been worth our time. He has never been worth talking to. We, we know he just wants some money. We don't really care. We've, we're too busy. We're in here and out of. We got to get going. We've got dinner plans. And so in this moment, the people go, oh, like his life's transformed. Like his life is completely transformed. How in the world did that happen? Now he is worthy of their attention. Now he is worthy of their time. We do this a lot in our culture, right? Who is worthy of our attention? Who is worthy of our time? Who is worthy of love and belonging? We pack stadiums out for people of a certain ability, of a certain caliber, of a certain fame, whether that's they're famous from TV, music, athletic capabilities, all kinds of things. We hold people up. We want to notice them. And Jesus keeps challenging us to go, you know what? You need to notice people in your everyday kind of lives. Every day, all around, because all of us are struggling. We ourselves need to be noticed. But for us to be noticed, we may have to notice someone else first. That we may need to be aware of other people's struggles because it's all about community. It's all about coming together. It's all about being able to encourage one another and lift each other up to say, yes, I see your pain. I recognize your pain now. How may we move forward? How may we go forward? They recognize it, but only now they recognize this man because of reaching their understanding reaching how they think of others. Continuing on in, verses, in chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. While the healed man clung to Peter and John, all the people, all the people rushed toward them at Solomon's porch, completely amazed. Seeing this, Peter addressed the people, you Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why are you staring at us as if we made him walk by our own power or piety? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant, Jesus. This is the one you handed over and denied in Pilate's presence, even though he had already decided to release him. 
Now they want to pay attention. Now they care about what Peter and John have to say because they think they can get their own stuff fixed. And Peter and John are pushing back like, whoa, wait a minute here. This is not about us being magicians, miracle workers. No, no, no. This is about how God can transform someone's life. How the message of Jesus can transform the way somebody is living. That we thought was impossible becomes possible. That we thought that the pain that we experience is all that there is to our identity. That we get stuck in that pain. That we don't can't find a way forward. And Jesus is like, nope, I got you. I've got you. Let's go. You are loved and you belong. There is another way. There is a way forward in this. And it's not because Peter and John all of a sudden are like, yeah, no, we're great. We're wonderful. And they rise above. But instead, it's because they notice. They're aware of the struggles of the people around them. Of saying, let me help. Give that helping hand. Let me help you get some footing there. And so for ourselves, as we're thinking about the things that we struggle with, the pain, and how often do we allow the pain to just bring us down, to get us into that pit, and of saying, wait a minute, no more to that, because Jesus keeps calling us forward. A recognition of the pain but of saying that is not all that there is to life, of moving from that surviving to thriving, of being able to dance. The guy gets up and dances and praises God to be able to get up and dance because someone noticed him. Someone was aware of him. And so it's not only just to be able to receive that for ourselves, but how are we giving that to others? How are we noticing and giving and being aware of the people and the struggles around us and saying, that's not all there is. Let's go this road together. Continuing on and finishing up in verses 14 through 16. You rejected the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you instead. You killed the author of life, the very one whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses to this. His name itself has made this man strong. That is, because of faith in Jesus' name, God has strengthened this man whom you see and know. The faith that comes through Jesus gave him complete health right before your eyes. Peter and John are making a very strong distinction between, like, you just want things fixed. You want it on your terms. You just want that pain alleviated and gone when transformation is really what Jesus was after. And it was transformation. It takes time. It takes community. It takes being together and trying to encourage one another. And it's not necessarily a one moment and off, but it is seeing each other in our humanity, noticing all of us want to love be loved and belong. And how do we encourage one another in that? How do we say, I'm here. I'm here for it. You are worthy. You are loved by God. There are more possibilities for your life than just the pain that you experience. Just as the Buddhists say, right? 
pain is inevitable. Suffering, suffering's a choice. And to think about that, to think about what Jesus is saying here with through the story of Peter and John, right? How Jesus is coming through in the way that he healed people and noticed people, the way that he responded. I'm going, wait a minute, all of this is contextual, right? But it's being aware. It's, it's going beyond the, well, I try to make good decisions and I love my family. Jesus would go, yeah, that's the easy part. Let's get to the, the big stuff. That our love needs to expand. Our love needs to notice others and be like, how can I help? How can I serve? How can I build you up this day? Because all of us need it. All of us need to be encouraged. And Peter and John are trying to live it. They're also trying to make sure, you know what? You've got a choice. You can go down a path of having coping mechanisms that really kind of leave you lifeless, that really are draining or are only a quick fix for a second, are not a long-term transformation solution because Jesus is all about the transformation. Jesus is all about coming and evolving and into a new way of living and being with one another in community. And it takes work, and it takes time, and it takes noticing. So how will you be inspired today? And how not only God responds to your pain, but actually challenges us to respond to one another's, to be aware of each other, to see one another through eyes of love, to be able to experience each other First and foremost, knowing that all of us, all we want is to know we are loved and that we belong. How will we begin to live into this story? How will we be challenged by Peter and John? How will we respond today to the pain around us? Amen. Thank you.